Hi everybody, welcome to the video and live streaming show. I'm John Lacey and I'm joined as always by Sam Proof. Today we're talking all about showing up well on camera. And I'm sure you've all been on the, the other end of this experience where maybe you're on a video call and somebody's peering through the darkness or they've got the camera strategically placed up their nose. It's not a great look. You don't need to spend a lot of money to, to improve how you appear on camera and we're going to talk about that today. We are going out live to all the various places, and when I say places, I mean platforms, but also parts of the world. Uh, so let us know in the chat where you're watching from. We'd love to hear from you. But Sam, how has your week been? I, I have a feeling I know the answer already, but please tell us more. I don't even know. It's It's been a constant, just I've been moving around and doing things constantly, and my brain's not here anymore. I'm just in automatic mode. So yeah, that's about it. Um, we we have one small uh, update on the kitten side of the world, which is we we uh, returned our kittens, placed our kittens in the cat cafe lounge a few days ago. So we've been running a playlist for a while. Tomorrow we get new cats, so we will be back to live live tomorrow. <laughs> How's Ooh, everything that's with exciting. you? Yeah. Um. Again, it's been it's been a very very busy week, and I must admit the the seasons are changing here in Australia. And it's funny I'd been complaining that it had been a little cool uh, in the mornings yesterday, and mm. you know the next thing I know they're reporting we're going to have the like the hottest summer we've ever had. So oh, that's something I'm not really looking forward to. But otherwise, uh, think things are going pretty well. So <laughs> yeah, well, we just had that the hottest summer, and I'm like, I am ready for cold, rainy. Keep me inside, weather. Do it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Okay, so today we're talking all about actually showing up well on camera and some of the things that you can do. We are talking mostly about visuals today. Um, I, I, I put out a poll earlier in the week and some people were like, you know, if I was going to invest in some equipment, I would go with audio, which is totally fair, but we'll, that, that's probably a whole other show. But today, let's, let's think about some of the things that we can actually do to improve how we show up on camera. So... I guess, Sam, first we probably need to think a little bit about, uh, you know, how <laughs> and business growth ready has already, uh, in the comments, buy a nose hair trimmer or ri rise your camera. That's certainly one yeah. way of doing it. Is, uh, um, but certainly definitely... in terms of, you know, what are we actually using to be on camera, um, you know, whether it's your phone or webcam or, you know, a DLSR or something in between, like, what do you, what do you think of the things are that people should think about in terms of, of showing up well? Yeah, I, I mean, you start with what you have available and, you know, find the room for improvement. So whatever your budget is at that point, you know, there there's always another better camera that you can get. But almost everybody out there who's doing anything already has an iPhone or a phone, let's say a smartphone, with a decent camera. So that's a good place to start. You can easily bring these into your, your stream or a lot of, you know, the major platforms just have mobile apps that will let you stream through your phone and that's a good enough place to start. And then you just build out from there. If you do already have uh, a webcam or you're looking to do everything from like a specific position, like I'm at a desk and I just want this here and ready to go. Cause you know, even with a, with a phone, there's some amount of setup involved. I want to just know that I can sit down, turn the computer on and go. Um, Logitech C920 has been the standard for years and years and years. I think it's only now starting to kind of fade out of that spotlight uh, because Logitech's released better cameras at this point. And there's a lot of clones out there that you can get 
through certain uh, e-commerce sites for very cheap. But that's it right there that John has. It's fantastic yes, camera. That. So I, yeah. I guess that, that that's a great point, though. It's it's important to start with what you got. And the thing that we always say on this show is you really want to work out whether, you know, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a video show, yes. that you work out what you want to do before you invest a lot of money. And this is, uh, you know, this is, I guess the other part of this is, and we want to talk about this in a moment, but is essentially that it's on a tripod so we can position it. Because yeah. the thing about the web cameras is they, they, they do actually have... Um, a thing where you can put them on top of your monitor, but that's not usually a great place for them to sit. Like that, that's usually not looking directly at you. It's going to be sort of above you or maybe underneath you, depending on how much flexibility you have in terms of repositioning the monitor itself. Yeah. But I guess you know, and this this I, I sort of show this this webcam um, on a tripod because this is basically where I started, and. Tripods are really, really useful in terms of positioning your camera. And I guess the thing that I often come back to is um, I like to reduce friction in, in my content creation processes. So, um, and I'll, I'll, talk, I'll show you my setup in a little bit, but essentially, like, I just want to be able to click on a couple of buttons and be ready to go, yep. which is not always, you know, even with that, that that sort of camera and that cheap tripod, it would move around a lot. And I'd have to reposition it on the desk and I would have to make sure that, you know, it hadn't sunk down in the frame. So I was positioning that every time I, I used it. So I have, um, and I know we've, we've spoken about this in previous shows, but I always like to show this because I think it's cool, but also it's, it's changed my life. And that is simply that yep. I have my camera sort of permanently mounted and um, we can talk about this this setup, um, but the great thing about this is I can turn on my lights, I can hit the button on the camera, and I'm pretty much ready to go at any moment. And the other nice thing about this, which is it's not obvious from this photo, is that the... And I, I don't want to get too technical, but let, let's unpack what you are actually seeing on this screen. So I have two Elgato key lights, and we'll talk about lights more in a moment. Um... But they're actually they have the multi the multi mount system and that is mounted to the desk and off that uh, that arm essentially are coming two strong arm units one holds the camera one holds the teleprompter um, and the great thing about this is that this whole contraption is attached to my standing desk so I can raise this or lower this and it's always sort of in direct proportion to the desk itself. Um, but the great thing about that is, you know, it's it's pretty much at the eye level that I want it to be at all times. And, you know, it gets things off your desk, which is a, a really useful. And I say that as probably the person on the planet who has the messiest desk in the world. And I'm going to have to take a few days off just to clean it at this point. It just got cables and microphones and CDs and DVDs and all kinds of crap on this desk, which... It's, you know, this is a great opportunity to learn from my mistakes. But yeah, in terms of, um, you know, actually finding an eye level and maybe reducing some of that friction, that can be a really useful thing to do. And I just want to say hi to CG for joining us as well. Thank you for, for being here. We appreciate it. Um, so I guess, you know, I, I think you've got some, some tripods and gimbals and things. So maybe we should <laughs> oh, talk yeah. about that next. Sure. Uh, I, I do want to say that I just saw recently a, uh, a webcam that um suction mounts to your monitor it's you know it's yay big it's pretty small mm -hmm. and i'm like i maybe like i'm hesitant to to think it's a good idea because i'm like i feel like it's going to be in the way no matter where on my monitor it is it's just something that's going to bother me but you know if, if you're out there and it's not going to bother you look into that 
Um, yeah, and I guess, that'll... like, just just before we continue, um, you just reminded me of something. I actually had somebody from a company, I think they're called Plexicam, reach out to me ages and ages ago, and I, I don't think I ever got back to them, which is my bad. But essentially, they, you know, they've they've got this plastic contraption that sits on top of your monitor oh, yeah. because it's transparent. You can sort of put a webcam or a video cam on top of it but again i kind of you know i don't really want to be looking at my my monitor too much and also i I, you know even though the the plexicam device itself is sort of transparent you know the camera itself never will be so you know that's something you've got to contend with a little bit yeah i think yeah especially you're dealing with like the uh the logitech i mean that's it's like a good two inches like that that feels like that's going to block a lot this other thing looked maybe the size of like a penny, which I can't imagine the quality on that's amazing, but maybe, maybe it's good enough. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't have my giant, my big, big, uh, solid tripod, but I think everyone knows what a regular tripod looks like. I will hope, uh, that is in fact, what this camera is on is a standard tripod that you can get uh, as an, I believe it's an Amazon basics. If not, they definitely have one that is like a 20, $25 tripod. Um, and it's, it's going to do just fine for, you know, something that's stationary like that, where you're just going to pop in and be like, I'm on. Um, I have a bunch of these sort of, uh, bendable tripods. These are, you know, like a 10 to $15 tripod. You could probably find some cheaper ones and some more expensive ones. Um, these are really for like i'm on the go and need to do something but i do also have my makeshift like sometimes i need this on my scissor mount uh for other things usually i'm using this to uh to have like a phone on here so i can use that as yet another monitor for chat and things like that uh this is one of my favorite new tripods is this itty bitty little thing which i think this was like eight nine dollars um, and this is specifically for phones and it, uh, expands just a little and you got some feet here, but something that I discovered like a month or two in is that this whole thing, uh, unscrews and you can put this mount on a standard tripod head for your, your phone. If you need to, if you have a, like an older tripod that doesn't sort of do the, uh, vertical repositioning or you just find this easier because you're trying to go from thing to thing um yeah i've used this little one a lot uh especially for like when i'm out doing restaurant videos and things like that not so much with live uh but uh yeah that's a pretty good tripod and then i have this gimbal um which also again does attach to a tripod if you want and this, you know, if you're doing moving shots, this is great. This will give you that sort of steady cam feel without everything being all jerky. Uh, I don't know if turning it on is going to do much of anything because there's no phone in it, but it does <laughs> move around and stuff like that. And the, depending on the gimbal, there's tons that are like this that, um, there you go. Uh, nice. Um but yeah, there's, there's, you know, this is an older one. There's tons of these, some of the newer ones, they have their own apps built in that, uh, let you control a lot of the functions from the gimbal itself on the phone, like zoom and start and stop recording things like that. Um, and it's vibrating now, so I'm going to turn it off. Uh, but yeah, this is a great gimbal and they've only gotten better. 
And I must admit, like, there there are all kinds of uh, tripods, and especially the mini tripods, the desk tripods, they can be so handy to have yeah. on standby, um, and they're not very expensive. Um, yeah. It's funny, this this one that I've got here is it's sort of a, a selfie... Um, uh, thing like it, you know, if I, it's actually got a little Bluetooth remote that's associated nice. with it as well. So you know, there's all kinds of things you can do with them, and they're relatively yeah. cheap. I guess the thing that you want to think about is, you know, having having the camera sort of roughly at eye level, maybe a little bit above you. Um, again, unless you're doing something for for dramatic movie type purposes, that that's probably the the areas you want to want to stay in. So. Yeah. Again, uh, and and a lot of the cheaper tripods they come with the phone attachments too, which are so so handy and it gives you a lot of choices in terms of what you're actually using. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a lot better than just trying to you know jimmy your your phone up on a, a shelf or something and hope it doesn't fall over. <laughs> you know, I even have like I literally this little guy that I got from a dollar store, which. Um, you do have to find something high enough to put it on, but is very sturdy. And I'm sure for the 3D printer enthusiasts out there, there's a very simple model file you can get for something like this or for pretty much any tripod, really. I guess the only thing I would say is if you do have a serious expensive camera, like just be a little bit wary mm-hmm. about, you know, putting yes. it in weird positions with cheap tripods because it's not worth damaging your camera for. Yeah, I'm not putting I, my I, DSLR on the the bendable one, even though they definitely had a picture of that on their Amazon page. I I don't trust it um, yeah. for that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, a phone, sure. Something that's under half a pound, not a problem. Absolutely. Okay, so this is the video and live streaming show. We're talking all about showing up well on camera, and we'll be back in just a moment. We are constantly training our cats every interaction that we have with them. Mm -hmm. So when Johan would get on my counter before, you know, this is 10 years ago before I was the cat expert that I am now. Johan would jump on the counter. What was the first thing I did? I'd say his name, Johan. He loves that. That's a reward for him. He Mm -hmm. said, you just said my name. I would go over to him and I talk to him and be like, you can't be on the count. Johan loves when I talk to him. Ding. That's another reward for Johan. I'd pick him up and put him on the ground, mm-hmm. but I didn't want him to think I was mad at him. So when I'd pick him up, I'd pick him up very nicely and kiss him on the head and say, I love you, but you can't be here. I put him on the ground. I had just done three things that rewarded him for being on the counter. So I was encouraging him to continue doing that. And that's a segment from Just Kitten Around, which is Sam's podcast all about uh, cats and kittens. And you can learn more about that over at cuteavalanche.com. Yep. So today we're talking all about showing up well on camera. So whether it's a video meeting, whether it's a podcast or a video show, or even just a YouTube video, we want to think about how we can improve how we show up. And you don't necessarily need to to break the bank. Um, there are some great uh, equipment and gear out there. But a- again, just think about what your needs are and don't get too carried away, uh, especially if you're starting out. But I think we need to talk about lighting because cameras capture light, essentially. So, yeah. uh, and I guess personally, even, you know, I, I sort of was talking about that Logitech um, C920 a little bit ago. When I first started just having uh, calls for, for work um, via my computer, 
Uh, I actually used a just a, a desk uh, lamp, which was an LED one, and I could sort of position the 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 light around to shine directly into my face. And it was bizarre how good, how much that improved uh, how how I actually showed up on camera. Um, and it's it's funny. I don't think you need a lot of lights. You just need uh, you need some good light, and you need to sort of think about it strategically. One of the, the things that I sort of encourage people to do, especially if you're recording or, or going live during the day, is just to position yourself in front of a large window. Uh, you are sort of at the mercy of the weather a little bit there. So, you know, if, if it is an overcast day or a rainy day, you may not get quite the lighting that you're working with, in which case you might need to think about some artificial light sources as well. I know there there are all kinds of options out there, Sam. Um, what sort of things do you think people should should consider when they're just looking for some artificial light to get started? Sure. So, yeah, again, just to reiterate, the sunlight, specifically diffused sunlight, which is not directly on you because that'll cost a lot, like cast a lot of shadows, but like a sort of a general diffused sunlight is going to be the best. Um, but in lieu of that, uh, you want to get, you know, one or two lights really, which is kind of what I have going on here is two lights that come through a soft box that is diffusion. Um, and generally we're going for warmer light for people. We don't want cold lights. There's a whole light temperature thing. So when you're buying your bulbs, you would like to get warm bulbs, sunlight bulbs, daylight bulbs, things like that. Um, you can find really good sets uh, that'll get the job done on like Amazon for a hundred bucks or so, uh, that will give you something like this where it's lights on a stand. It's usually like three lights with soft boxes, which is the diffusion that I was talking about earlier. Um, but that's going to take up a lot of room. So, you know, uh, like I've crammed these things into about a five by five space, but ideally I would be in like a 10, <laughs> like a 10 by 10. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's what it, it's looking like. You could find, you know, some common household lights, but then you just have to pay attention to, you know, like the bulbs that you're using. The biggest problem with just grabbing light sources from wherever you're, you know, you have in your house, be like, I got a lamp here and a lamp here is generally a those uh, those lamps are going to be like non-directional lights going to go. It's going to be going all over the place, not just focused forward and the second thing is there's a very good chance that they have different bulbs and those different bulbs have different temperatures or colors um and it's going to show up and be funny and what you really want is not just brightness because you don't want to overdo it you don't want to have like hot spots and you don't want to have um an extreme amount of contrast where you have like really bright whites and and dark darks um you kind of want to find a balance in the middle but you do want to play with contrast. So you have like a darker background and a brighter foreground being the person. Um, so those are the things you should keep in mind. Uh, and if your space doesn't allow for, uh, you know, a 10 by 10 light setup, then you might have to look into putting a little more money into it to getting something like John has, which are the Elgato key lights. Absolutely. And I guess we'll talk about those specifically in a moment. But, um, you know, when you are first starting out, like we, we encourage you to get, you know, start scrappy and just use yeah. whatever you've got lying around. I, again, the point about the, 
the omnidirectional lighting that Sam just made is a good one, of course. Um, but a lot of, uh, you know, LED uh, lamps and things now can be quite directional. So yeah. it's just a matter of seeing what you've got. But I guess, you know, we, we know that there are selfie lights. Um, there are little ring lights. Um, the only complaint I kind of have when it comes to the, the ring lights and... Again, I don't have an example to show you right now, but essentially these are circular lights and they have a par- uh, place in the middle for them for the camera to actually live for the most part. Um, the only thing I find a little distracting about that is I, I see the round shape sort of reflected in the eye of the person that's, yep. uh, that, that, that's on camera. And that can be like, it's, it's genuinely a little bit otherworldly. Like it's, it's, it's straight out of an alien sci-fi film. Yeah. Um, which, and I, I, I mentioned that only because that's a thing I notice. And I, you know, if you've got a ring light, don't, don't feel bad about it. I'm sure it's great. Yeah, um, but no, I guess that, that was the one note that I was going to say about ring lights. I mean, they're fine lights. They're usually led and they produce a good, usually a range of, uh, temperature. So you can tone that into where you want it, but yeah, you're going to get this weird, like little circular halo in your eye. And it is definitely something that people are going to notice immediately. And it's funny because I think on a platform like Instagram, where you've got lots of beauty um, vloggers, like I think they embraced that 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 look. And I think yeah. you know if you're in a community where that makes sense, by all means, go for it. I tend to find that a little bit distracting. Um, but I guess the other thing too, um, and you know, where two white guys are not wearing glasses. So I just want to acknowledge the fact that different people may yeah. need different things in terms of light com- uh, temperature and brightness. And also, if you are wearing glasses on camera, you have to be a little bit mindful that they're not sort of, you know, just bouncing off, off the glasses themselves. Often, if you can uh, position one of the lights a little bit higher, um, so it's sort of shining down on you rather than straight ahead, that can be helpful. Uh, but again, like I just wanted to acknowledge the fact that different people might might need different things. But let's talk about the Elgato key lights specifically. Um, so I've actually got a video I'll play for you a little bit later. But again, I'm just gonna just to start us off. So you can sort of see them at the the top left and right of this this shot. So they are they're they're quite thin. Um, you know, Sam was talking about his lighting setup taking up a lot of space. These are actually quite flat. Um, they do attached to the desk themselves, although you can get sort of free um, standing mount type arrangements as well. And I've got sort of one on the left and one on the right. Um, The great thing about this is the Elgato key light control center um, will let me adjust the, the light temperature and the brightness. I've never used more than five or 6% of brightness on these ever. So I'm, I'm really fascinated to see what, what it actually looks like if I were to, to turn that all the way up. I've just never needed it. Um, the one thing that is a little bit um, tricky, a bit counterintuitive, I guess, about these lights is they are actually, they're, uh, they're sort of operated by Wi-Fi. And yep. Wi-Fi is great, but I don't usually want to be streaming via Wi-Fi because, you know, if there is a problem with the, the connection, that's going to impact my live stream. So, in this case, what I do is I actually run that Elgato Control Center app from my phone, which is also connected to the same network, and just turn that on and off as I need to. Um, if I if I actually, if I was using Wi-Fi to stream... I could also set up some controls on my stream deck, but I don't really want to do that because I'm always a little bit nervous about what that might do for my connection. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, cool. So again, uh, you know, uh, just keep in mind though that the, these are an investment, and this is definitely not where I started. I, as I said, I, I had a desk lamp. Uh, I, it was less than a hundred dollars, and I literally just just pointed it at my face, and away I went. The only problem with that was that after an hour long meeting, it kind of was a bit like staring into the sun. Like I had to just just move away from the computer for a while because it was yeah. it was a bit a bit too intense. Yeah. But again, we have all, all kinds of options out there and uh, you'd be surprised how little light you need to actually make a huge difference in terms of what you actually see on camera. Yeah. And and again, like if I could do everything by sunlight, I would, but there's no windows in here. <laughs> so I got to sure. do what I got to do. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because one of the first things Sam mentioned there was, you know, you don't want to be in direct sunlight. And I, I guess because I'm always creating inside i never even think about that but if i was out on location or you know going for a walk or something that would be a, a consideration i need to think about so yeah that's i i mean i'd be really interested to hear uh from people watching live or maybe later on what kind of camera you're using what kind of lighting you're using and you know if if you did have money to actually invest in your your setup where would you put that and again that's a poll i've actually run on a number of different social media sites this week um, it's interesting. A lot of people were sort of, uh, talking about the, the camera. Some of them are talking about the background, which is something we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, there, there are all kinds of options, but again, you know, we, we talk about gear. We love gear. We're gear enthusiasts, but at some point you really need to think about, you know, is this going to improve your setup or are you just distracted by the shiny object syndrome? So Keep that in mind, but hopefully, you know, just just to think about what you could do to, to maybe improve your setup, even just a little bit. Hi, I'm John Lacey, and in Build a Presentation Muscle, I want to talk about finding your voice, refining and sharing your message, using tools and technology to share that message, and looking after yourself as a creator. And that's just a plug for my podcast, Build a Presentation Muscle, which you can learn out, learn more about over at johnlacey.com. Um, we've been talking about workflows on the podcast recently, so uh, I'd love it if you could check that one out. But talking about uh, today's subject on the video and live streaming show, uh, we're talking about how you can show up well on camera and how you can feel and, and look better on camera. I guess the great thing about looking good on camera is that you will actually feel better and you'll feel more confident. Uh, it's amazing. Um, I, yeah, and this is often a, a stumbling block for a lot of people that, you know, they just don't want to be in front of the camera. So there's a sure. there's an element of getting over that fear. But I I cannot overstate how good or how much uh, good lighting and a good camera can really uh, add to your confidence in that regard. So... If you are, if you do intend to appear on camera a lot, it's it's worthwhile sort of invest, investing in those things. But right now, we want to talk about the backgrounds. And again, if you are watching this, if you're not listening to the audio only version, you'll see that Sam and I have very different approaches to backgrounds. So, Sam, maybe if you can talk us through what's going on behind you. Yeah, don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> so I have I have my desk set up. This works fine for like, you know, my personal streams and stuff like that. But I, you know, I, I would always err on the side of advising you to have clean backgrounds. The the thing that 
um, you should keep in mind is what you can do to separate your subject from the background. So I try to have my background sort of very dark, my subject a lot brighter. Uh, on days where I wear a black shirt, that's a terrible idea. I just <laughs> like fall into it. Um, but I have some nice mellow light happening to like help make it a little prettier because it is full of way too much stuff. I would, you know, ideally tell you to clean this out, have a very thematic thing, but this is a working desk. Like I'm actually have things in folders and, you know, stuff here that I need to use. Um, but whatever you can do to have a very clean background or like, uh, you know, a solid color, anything like that, I think is preferred. Um, there's a lot of really good examples. I think it's the vidIQ, but it might be the tube buddy guys who have sort of a big desk kind of scenario of shelves and whatnot, but it's all very white. Um, and they only have a few knickknacks in some of those shelves. Uh, so, you know, I think that's a really great setup. I could point out though a bunch of difference, but yeah, you will primarily want to separate your subject from your background. And one of the best ways to do that is for it to be a solid or a dark, uh, and your, your foreground object, your person to be much brighter. Yeah. And I think that's a great point. We want to think about the contrast there and yeah. Nine times out of 10, we really want you as the on-talent, um, uh, on-camera talent to, to be the thing that people are looking at. Um, and again, for the benefit of people who might be listening to the audio-only version of, of this show, um, Sam is has a physical background behind him. I'm in front of a green screen 24-7. Yeah. And the reason I'm behind a green screen 24-7 is simply that there is nothing attractive behind me. Like, there's the side of a bookcase, there's a door... It's probably all kind of junk uh, just just uh, hanging out back there. So I'm going to talk to you more about the the logistics in terms of software and, and settings and things that go into that because there is a bit of OBS Studio magic that, that happens wherever I go on camera. Um, but essentially, I, I guess the... And people have a lot of feelings about green screens. Uh, people are worried about not lighting them well. Um, you know, they're sort of worried... And again, I, we sort of joked about this a few shows ago. One morning, I didn't really think about what I was wearing and I wore something that had a lot of green in it. And, you know, it basically had me as a floating head on camera, yep. which is something you need to consider if you are in front of a green screen. But I guess the other great thing about this is as someone who does a lot of software tutorials, I can just throw myself into the corner of, of a screen and, and, you know, talk people through different things. And that's been really, really useful for me. And this isn't. This is a very, oh, reasonably cheap. Like it's, it's, it's a tall green screen. Uh, I got it off eBay. I don't even remember how much it was. It wasn't a lot of money. Um, and I'll, I'll talk you through some of the, the things that I do uh, to, to make that look um, the way it does in, in a little bit. But. I guess, if, you know, whether you've got a green screen, whether you don't have a green screen, I think some of the things we need to think about is what is your background actually saying about you? And, you know, we've seen so many examples of people that are being interviewed on the news that have something, um, you know, maybe a little bit inappropriate uh, placed somewhere behind them, whether they realized they were doing that or not. You know, I sort of joke about not having a voodoo doll of your boss behind you when you're having your, your video calls. But you really want to think about what is actually there. And often you may be too familiar with what's going on behind you to really notice weird things. So it may be worthwhile just sort of um, calling a friend and saying, hey, is there anything objectionable in the background that you notice? 
Um, but if you are actually going to have a physical background, it's a great way to actually collate, um, you know, the surroundings. So if you've got a book to promote, you should really have that somewhere behind you. If you've got yeah. sort of qualifications or awards or, or things that maybe lend to your credibility, they're a great thing to include in the scene as well. Um, so I guess, you know, it's just, just really thinking about, you know, making sure that the background supports you rather than, than distracts from you. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, whether you have a, a physical set or a green screen, keep in mind, you know, that maybe you want to lean towards something that is a static or a still image and not something that's moving that's going to draw the attention away from the subject uh, for your viewers. So, yeah, you know, uh, like unless there's something you're specifically going I going for, I would always avoid any kind of animated thing happening in the background. Absolutely. And I guess um, I have seen in recent weeks um, people wanting to use animated backgrounds. And that's fine if your computer can handle it, if your internet connection can handle it. Because the minute it starts getting a little bit um, laggy or jittery, then it becomes more distracting than if you had nothing at all there. So it's really, really important that you test these things out. That that's a really good point because the more stuff that's moving on your screen, um, the more your your CPU and your GPU and your bitrate are going to have to deal with that. Um, so like yeah, if you've got just confetti constantly fluttering down, uh, it, it's taking a lot more bandwidth to actually compress all of that information and send it off to the platform as opposed to the eighty percent of my screen is still and I'm in the center moving. Absolutely. Okay, so I guess, you know, we've spoken about uh, cameras, lighting, and backgrounds. And again, the thing that I always like to stress is you need to find something that works for you. So we can give you ideas, but really you need to figure out what's going to work for you because your your needs and your setup um, may be different to ours, and that's totally cool. Uh, but again, we just want to make sure that you're being shown in your best light, literally and figuratively in this case. Um, so, you know, whatever you can do to improve that would be wonderful. So I'm going to actually play a video. I'm cringing about this video a little bit because of a couple of reasons. Um, but it's a very, very old video, but I think it really will help you understand some of the magic that goes on for my personal setup. Okay, so I wasn't quite ready for that screen share, so I'll turn that <laughs> off for a second. Um, and I've just made it larger. Hang on. Okay, well, we'll come back to that in a second. Okay. So anyway, just again, I'm conscious of the fact that some people may be listening to the audio version of this show later on. So basically, it was just a 30 second clip of me... Waking up, rolling out of bed in my hoodie, looking like trash, um, and then setting up the green screen, which I only did for the benefit of that video. It kind of lives in, in its permanent location these days. But again, I wanted to show you the kind of clutter and random objects that are literally behind me if I don't have it there. 
Um, and then I take you into OBS Studio and uh, show you how I, I sort of remove the green screen and add my branding elements. And I guess that's what I want to talk about now is that we talk about OBS Studio from time to time and people people are scared of this software. And there are a lot of paid companies that really ramp up that, that fear for their own benefit. And we really want to destigmatize it because it's not scary and it's incredibly powerful and incredibly useful. But you don't need to know all the settings to get started. You don't need to, you know, have a working knowledge of every single thing that's happening. And for today's show, I really wanted to talk about one particular feature of OBS, which is the virtual camera. Now the virtual camera, and again, it's 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 sort of you know you just saw it in action for those of you watching the video was that you know I I can sort of I can set up my scene and my scene can be a collection of objects including my camera you know graphics text um, calls to action QR codes whatever I want and the great thing about that is I can actually hit that start virtual camera button and I think I've got a graphic for this so let me just throw that on the screen. I can set up my scene in OBS Studio and I can hit the start virtual camera uh, option. And then if I go into any software that uses a web camera like Zoom, like Microsoft Teams, like Google Meets, um, like um, Stream, uh, StreamYard or, or Restream Studio, I can actually go in and select the OBS virtual camera from the list. And that way, anything that's happening visually on in OBS is actually being presented to you here. And that's something that I always do because I'm always in front of the green screen. I know that a lot of software offer kind of pretend green screen software options, but they're really not great. Um, as somebody who uses a lot of Microsoft Teams and everybody I know is using those settings, you know, it cuts off parts of their head. Uh, if they move, you suddenly see the background. It's, it's not a great setup. So, you know, it is, this is something that I kind of use everywhere I go for any kind of video. And, it, you know, the great thing about this is that I can control this and it's kind of, it doesn't matter what software I ultimately end up in. So I interviewed somebody on my podcast once. They're always in front of a green screen, but they rely very much on the software that they're going to um, to to deal with that. And some pieces of software will let you do that easily and some won't. So... Again, let me just see if I can. I'm I'm sort of ad-libbing a bit of a... Actually, is there anything that you wanted to add, Sam? I feel yeah, like well, I've well, John, please with that. Um, just something else I wanted to bring up way earlier, like in the camera uh, section of things is, you know, when you're dealing with like a live stream or a Zoom kind of situation, uh, think about the frame that you want. Like what we like to do is basically a head and shoulders and then fill the frame pretty much as much as possible with your person, which for most streams, I think is going to be ideal. There's obviously, you know, situations where you might want more, like if you're doing some sort of home shopping uh, QVC style thing, you may need a larger frame uh, or a larger subject, things like that. If you're doing a picture in a picture, specifically like you're a Twitch streamer who's doing a game, um, keep in mind that while you could place yourself anywhere on the screen and maybe the game, you know, has readouts that you need to uh, avoid so your, your viewers can see that the optimal place for you is going to be uh, in that bottom right hand corner because it's going to keep your chat right next to your face. And that's easier for your viewers to sort of go back and forth on, you know. So, yeah, there's just some some food for thought. 
Absolutely. And I guess that's that's an interesting thing. And often one of the things that we do before this show goes live is that Sam is pretty much within his frame at all times. But because I've got that green screen magic, I can actually pretty easily sort of resize and reposition myself within the frame. So yeah. um, that, that's sort of a great thing to keep in mind. I'm going to try one of these layouts. I'm not sure how effective this will be, but we will just wing it. Okay, there we go. I think that'll do. Yep. All right, so basically I'm showing OBS Studio on, on the screen here today. So again, um, we, I, I'd love to do, I, I love this software, I really do, and I, I'd, I'd love to share more information about it as we go along. So uh, essentially, once we've downloaded and installed OBS, uh, we've got our scenes and we've got our sources. So basically, if you were just using something for a virtual camera, just so that you can adjust how you appear in a single scene, um, then you can just use one scene and not worry too much about what else is happening on the computer. I'm going to come down here to add source and I'm going to go to video capture device. And I'm actually going to use this uh, Logitech. So I might give this one just the name of Logitech. Again, it doesn't really matter too much what you call these things. The important thing is that you recognize them because you can potentially have a lot of these um, as we go along. So from the device options, I'm going to go down until I see the webcam C920. And there you go, you can sort of see me. This is not a particularly great angle, but because it's a second camera for demonstration purposes, I just wanted to, to put it on the screen somewhere. I'm, I, I'm pretty sure I can get a better resolution out of this. So I'm probably just gonna try that. Okay, that's cool. I think that works better. So essentially, uh, you know, this, this is another angle. This is a different angle to the one I've got. You can probably pretty easily see the differences between the Sony camera and the Elgato, uh, sorry, the the Logitech in terms of quality and also the, the different angles. Um, again, it's not going to be a great demonstration of this because it is the second option. But if I right click on my source and go to filters, I've got audio and video filters and effect filters. I think it's under, uh, okay, it's, it must be under effect filters. I can actually go to uh, color key and I could sort of adjust the, the green screen uh, there and you know, potentially take that out. Again, I don't really have settings ready to go, but uh, you know, I could actually come in here and, and make that change potentially. In fact, what I would probably do is, is grab the settings from, from elsewhere. So let's not worry about that today too much, but I just wanted to bring your attention to that in the event that you are in front of a green screen. So I might just turn that off at the moment. But again, if you want to think about, you know, actually maybe resizing this, so you can come in and click here. And if you hold down the Alt key, you can actually drag this in and sort of crop it. So again, depending on how things are positioned and what you actually want on the screen, you can bring those things in there as well. I can actually resize this by not holding down the Alt key and then just sort of dragging a corner and make this as large or as small as I want it to be. And I can sort of come in and add a whole bunch of different um, sources. So maybe, you know, obviously in the main, um, you know, the, my main setup, you'll see that I have a particular background color behind me. Sometimes I will have my logo on screen. I don't think I've got that at the moment. Um, but th there are things that I can sort of bring in and out um, from time to time in that way. And I might even, um, I'm just going to break out of that and I'm going to bring over my, I've got two versions of OBS running at the moment for purposes of demonstration, but I'm actually going to bring this one in, which is sort of the live one. So here I've got things, um, you know, I and I've 
There's also a, potentially a vertical option here. We're not going to worry too much about the vertical one today, but certainly if I wanted to bring in different things in here, I could do that. I'm just looking for my logo. I do have the logo there, but I guess what I wanted to say is that you can have different things appear on your screen or disappear. So at the moment, you can see I've got the logo in the corner there. All I need to do is click that little um, eye icon and that can disappear. So we could have all kinds of different things on here. So I now I've got a bit of a promo for my podcast to build a presentation muscle. So again, I can toggle the visibility of that on and off. And if you have a, 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 a stream deck, you can actually sort of set up buttons to just easily turn these things on and off. And if we go back to the other version of this, um, down the bottom, uh, you'll see that we've got the start virtual camera option. And in the way that I sort of alluded to before, um, if you, you hit that button, whatever's happening on your, your frame there, you can go into your software and actually um, just make sure that you, you start the virtual camera, it's going out live, and that way you can actually sort of use that. One thing that is important to keep in mind with the virtual camera, though, is that it is... Um, it is sort of exclusively for uh, for visuals. So although you can play audio and video through OBS Studio, it's not going to come through um, to, a, to a virtual camera application. So that is something you do need to keep in mind. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on in the comments. I've been a little bit distracted doing my demonstration. Oh, but, um... Sorry. <laughs> So Nathan, uh, Nathan Voltz are joining us in the chat. So this is how you resize a window. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, Nathan, we're talking about how you could use uh, the OBS Studio virtual camera to sort of uh, demonstrate how you can you can show up in different ways in any sort of software that supports um, a, a video camera or web camera. So uh, yes, uh, and you know there are so many so many cats coming to to cute yep. avalanche. So. <laughs> Again, this is kind of an on-the-fly demonstration today. I, there are a lot of other things I would love to show you, but um, I, sometimes it's a really good idea to record these things and then just bring them to the live stream instead of try to do everything live because there sure. are just so many moving parts. Um, but, I mean, obviously, Sam, you... And I say obviously. People won't know this, so I don't know why I'm saying obviously. But <laughs> you, even though, uh, you know, what, what we see in your frame is essentially you and your background. It's just a sort of a web camera view or a video mm -hmm. camera view. It is also coming through through OBS Studio That's and right. via the virtual camera as well. Yes. So what, why do you do that? So I, uh, I'm actually doing this and sending just my camera source. I could send an entire scene with like, you know, a logo and a promotional thing. Uh, I just send my camera source and I'm doing it so that I can record locally uh, my camera as a high res file that I'm just, you know, archiving on a, on a drive, uh, as opposed to relying on the, uh, stream software to give me a decent quality thing. Cause you know, once you're sending it out there through, uh, you know, to at least two servers, you know, one to take it and one to, to receive it. And who knows what's in between. Um, there could be degradation of the signal. There could be lag. There could be any number of digital issues. So if I get, the opportunity to record the uh, source um, video feed that's going to be better. So that that is why I use the virtual camera in this scenario. Absolutely. And that's that's really useful. Um, I'm, I'm just fascinated right. by the chat. So right. um, 
Ryex um, saying Sam is the best. He invented cameras and the internet and streaming and also the rock uh, genre of music. So you've been very, very busy. Uh, Nathan's saying that uh, your set is nice, which I totally yeah. agree with. And Claire is is lurking as well. Thank you for, hey, for swinging by, Claire. Um, sure. Great great to have you company today. So this is the video and live streaming show. I'm John Lacey and I'm joined as always by Sam Proof. Uh, today we've been talking about how you can show up well on camera. Uh, again, you know, the things that we've been focusing on today have been the, the camera, the lighting, the background, and also additionally, just a little bit of the, the OBS studio, um, virtual camera and how I sort of use that in my setup to, to change how I show up in different places, predominantly because I am in front of this green screen 24 seven. And th this just helps me, uh, you know, compensate for the fact that I'm, I'm in this, this view. So yeah um okay cool so basically uh we're really curious if you are creating any kind of content if you are streaming if you are recording videos we'd love to hear about your setup that's that's always really interesting to us uh there's obviously a lot of gear out there that you can use uh i, I guess the thing that i always say is it really just depends on what, what's going to work for you so you know don't don't be seduced too much by all the marketing that's out there just find something that will work nicely um, <laughs> I don't know who this friend of yours is, Sam, um, but they write, I'm a vampire and have an extremely difficult time appearing on cameras, mirrors, or the water surface. I mean, that's accurate. <laughs> that's how that works. <laughs> okay, cool. So, um, you know, Sam, if people do want to get more exciting content, I'm, I'm, I'm not quite wrapping up just yet, but I, okay. I know there's a Discord that you, you might like to send them to. Can you tell people about that a little bit? Yeah, you can head over to my Discord at samproof.tv slash Discord. I have a creator's corner in there, and there's channels for individual things like YouTube creators, live streamers, art artists, and stuff like that. So you can jump over there. If you're an artist, you can share your work. If you're looking for help, uh, you can always post a, a listing of like, hey, I'm looking for editors or things like that. Or if you just have questions about live streaming, go head over there, drop your questions, and I will answer them as soon as possible. So join me on Discord. Or if you just want to hang, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so Nathan uh, brings up something interesting sure. I, i'd like to, i'd like to see some in real live streams from either of you um sam could could show chat around la it's interesting i and it's funny because i'm i'm such a desktop creator i'm so uh attached to this computer 24 7 um so i i don't do a lot out in the wild and it's funny at one point i was even trying to go live uh to instagram via my phone and i just hated mm -hmm. the the audio and the visual quality of it, but you know, maybe we can, we can uh, try some of those things out. Cause I, I there are all kinds of, of ways of doing that. And I guess as long as your phone has a, has a decent connection and you know, you've, you've got power. Um, there are yeah. certainly ways of, of doing those sorts of things. Yeah. That was the one thing I was going to say is I actually have done quite a few IRL streams. I used to do a, uh, a morning drive stream when I was working in um, mid city it was like an hour long drive and I was bored out of my mind. So I was like, I'm going to live stream. And for the most part, it was probably unwatchable um, <laughs> because <laughs> when you're traveling specifically, your phone is constantly reconnecting to new cell towers um, mm. and that can really mess with the signal. If you're, you know, out and about 
at a significant, you know, like uh, location, like I'm going to do a mukbang from a restaurant, that's probably better. You know, you're, you're not moving too much. Um, so yeah, something like that is possible, but you do have to keep in mind that, uh, you know, moving around can have some connection issues. And I guess like at the end of the day, you know, that example that you just gave about being at a restaurant, like even if I were to do that, a part of me would want to record that and edit it and not necessarily do it live. Um, so I mean, sometimes live is is about the interaction. Sometimes it's about just just kicking back and and chilling. Like there are all kinds of applications for for that kind of thing. But again, you've just got to figure out what's going to work for you, what what your goals are as a creator, and uh, what you're interested in exploring. Yeah. Well, if anyone wants to uh, to donate money to my cause and like have me go to different places in LA, I'll do that for fifty bucks <laughs> <laughs> plus gas. No. <laughs> That's a whole other stream. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So Sam, where can people find out more about you and and all those good things and what your contents and yeah, you can, uh, you can find all of my social links at samproof.tv right at the top there. Uh, for the most part, I'm everywhere doing everything all at once (laughs) against my better judgment. Um, and if you want to see some cute cats starting Saturday, we're going to have a whole bunch of new cats over at cute avalanche on our Twitch, but you can find that from cutavalanche.com and, uh, and help us save cats, help us save lives. Absolutely. And if you want to head out, um, if you want to find out things that I'm up to, you can head over to johnlacy.com. Got a whole bunch of articles about OBS Studio and streaming and other things. And there are social links at the bottom of that page as well. So that's, uh, you know, I, I'm sort of curious. I've got to check in with the, the comments here a little bit as well. Um, and again, I never know if people are being sincere or, or sarcastic in the, in the comments, but, um, <laughs> somebody's, is, co- um, commenting on the, the John Lacey merch. So, um, there are actually two, there's a, there's a blue one and a white one, and I sort of try to alternate them, um, each week. So, you know, if you go back and look in the archives, you'll, you'll see a, a different one. I don't actually sell these because it really is my personal brand. Um, but yes, I, I love the fact that it is so easy to get your own merch created these days. And I'm sure Sam has real cute Avalanche merch that you can actually go out and purchase. So it's probably worth checking that out as well. We do. I believe you go to cuteavalanche.com slash merch. Could be slash store or slash shop, but I believe it's slash merch. <laughs> Okay, awesome. Um, and it's funny, I've I've actually got, um, and I'm just being distracted by the, the comments now, uh, but Nathan's sort of saying he'd, he'd love a, a mug, and I do actually have one, and I've never actually used it, because I, I don't know what it is about me, but I kind of like drinking out of glass. Um, but I do have a ceramic uh, mug that has it on there. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Uh, so Good this luck. is this has been a lot of fun. I hope this has been useful for, for some of you. We do, uh, if you are just joining us for the first time today, we t- do do this on a weekly basis. So uh, actually go and, uh, you know, wherever you happen to be watching this, because we are in all of the various places, if you can go and like and subscribe, that would be awesome. We would love you for that. Um And if there are any particular topics you'd like us to cover in the future, please let us know in the chat. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, But until next week, have have a great time. And thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, guys. Bye.